episode 12 of the Double XP Podcast, your one-stop shop for video game news, personal opinions, and the occasional rabbit hole. My name is Mike, and joining me today is the one and only Patrick. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing pretty good, man. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Traveling for work, so thank y'all for holding on with a late start. Yeah. We're here, though. We're here. That's true. We are. Uh, how's your week been? Uh, week's been pretty good. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot. Uh, ran that charity stream Saturday. That went all right. Um, Good. So you know, now I'm just now I'm just chilling, working on some Sweet. stuff for my stream for my uh, Twitch channel. There what you about go. you? What have you done? Uh, work, work, work. Gotta Basically, gotta get the paycheck, right? That's right. It's all about the money, money, money. I don't know the rest of that song, but yes. I don't even know if it's a song. <laughs> it sounds like it was. Uh, it sounds pretty close. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right, so before anything, a little bit of housekeeping. Animal Crossing has an unofficial island designer web app. More publishers are dipping out of the GeForce Now service, but Ubisoft is throwing a lifeline to them. Call of Duty Warzone is now a thing, and Nintendo's Reggie is now working for GameStop. But before the news, here's a word from our sponsors. All right, so let's dive into the news, Patrick. Uh, All right. It's just me and you this time, so it's the, yeah. it's the original duo. The original um, duo. I know, it's our own little duet. <laughs> Alright, so Animal Crossing is getting the Happy Island Designer web app. The web app. Exactly. It's not an app that you can do on your phone, but it is something you can do on the internet. Uh, it is by a third party. It is not through Animal Crossing in any way, shape, or form. But, I mean, people are getting so hyped about this game, I don't see why people would not want to make something to like pass some time like this. Uh the web app allows you to create simple layouts of blueprints for your future desert island. Create, uh, created by who? U-Generation, I think is how it's pronounced. U-Generation. <laughs> the app has everything you would find on the map in the game, old games, from neighborhood houses to rocks, trees, but it also has a few features built into it, like a bit, the ability to place paths. Mm, uh, by looking at it. It's literally giving you the full layout of a particular desert island and then giving you all the different icons so you can just go ahead and be like, this is what I want my island to look like. This is how much money I want to be in debt to Tom Nook for. Yeah, and you also get to uh, like design your rivers and stuff like that. So, you, so on, the, on the little map, the map, if you've played Animal Crossing before, looks like the t-shirt designer kind of or the pattern designer. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just like a mini map. And you get to decide how you want your rivers to flow or where you want the lakes. And you get to place the houses, kind of designing your your new deserted island before you get the chance to actually go and play it. Now, that won't port over anything. It's just a fun way to pass the time until, you know, we're live with Animal Crossing. The new horizons. Which is yeah, know, right which around is the corner. 10 days away. Well, March 10 days away from recording. But right. it'll be, what, uh, eight days away from eight days. No, away seven from, days away. Oh seven yeah, seven days seven days, seven days from the from when this episode goes live, uh, podcast wise. Yep, because we record on a Tuesday and air on a Friday. That's right. So this looks neat. I mean, I'm going to enjoy being able to sit down and just go like, all right, how do I want to make Whispering Island look? That Whispering way, Island. I have a better idea. Yeah, that's why I'm naming my island Whispering you already Island. Already got a name for it. Oh yeah, that's I something do. that's really cool about this game. Is this is the first time you really get to name your land. I know. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to name their island Penn Island. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's going to happen quite a bit. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I saw a meme earlier, and it was Tom Nook in front of a fire pit, and the fire pit was like his head, so it looked like he had flames coming out of his head, and it said Tom Nook when he finds out people are naming their island Pin Island. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was like, that's you're right. accurate. You're right. So the thing about this uh, this little island designer, uh, it's not fully functional. There's still some limitations about where you can place your ramps or how many ramps you can place or how many bridges you can place. But regardless, still a really cool tool to pass the time while you're waiting for Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I know mine's already pre-downloaded on my Switch, and I am ready. Very nice. Um, I think. 11 o'clock on the 19th, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time on the 19th, I believe, is when it goes live for me. If not, it'll be like 2 o'clock in the morning on the 20th, and I can just play it then. Yeah. So either which way, I can get a nap in, then play, or I can just start playing when I get home. That's right. That's exciting, man. I'm pumped. I'm excited to play it. Just want to go ahead and be in debt to a raccoon. Yeah, that that happens but i'm okay with it because it's debt that you don't have to worry about interest on and you also don't have to worry about uh late payments that's right you get to pay it off whenever you want exactly and then as soon as you pay it off you go back into more debt because you want to go and get bigger housing or expand the land or something yeah that's true or in this game you actually buy a house instead of just your tent which i think the tent you get is free but i think you can expand it as well well, it's not free. It's a part of the beginning package. So. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. It's a part of that eighty thousand, I believe, is what the starting debt is. Yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's all included. Da-da-da. Yep. Animal Crossing. So yeah, that is that. Um, what's this about? Two K's latest publishers are to. Two <sighs> K is the latest publisher to remove its games from Nvidia GeForce. Yeah, man. Okay, so y'all know y'all know Nvidia's GeForce now the cloud streaming service uh, uh, NVIDIA has come out with. Well, first, um, you know, they launched, and it's been just kind of disappointment since then. The first thing that happened was Activision and Blizzard pulled all their games from it, and then Bethesda followed up with that, pulled all theirs, uh, pulled all their games from it, and there's been a couple other publishers, but those are like the two big ones. Uh, but now, uh, this week, 2K Games has pulled their games. Um a representative from NVIDIA said that per publisher request, please be advised 2K, 2K Games titles will be removed from GeForce Now today. Uh, he did go on to say that they're working with 2K Games to get the games back on the platform. Um, just to name a few so so you get an idea of what 2K Games is. Uh, 2K Games does Borderlands, Bioshock Infinite, Civilization V, those kind of names. And those were removed from GeForce now. So a full list that was removed was Bioshock 2 Remastered, Bioshock Infinite, Bioshock Remastered, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 3, Borderlands Game of the Year, Enhanced Edition, Borderlands the Pre-Sequel, Mafia 3, NBA 2K Playground 2, 2K17, 2K18, 2K19, Civilization 5, Civilization 6, The Darkness 2, The Golf Club 2019, WWE 2K19 and 2K20, Warriors Orochi 4, and XCOM 2. How about that? There's a I lot know. of big names Three on Three of those games are like my top tier games. Like Bioshock is my favorite game of all time. So right. like, am I not going to be able to play it when I get back home and get on my Android TV that has GeForce now? Doesn't sound like it. Well, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. No, I am not. That's just a, well, I have it on like six other consoles, so I guess I'll be okay. Yeah. But, you know, I guess as much doom and gloom has been around NVIDIA, at least they've had some good news. 
And the good news is it looks like Ubisoft is throwing them a lifeline. They want to fully support the G-Force now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ubisoft has revealed that it is fully supports NVIDIA's GeForce Now cloud gaming service. The company stands as one of the few remaining major publishers to still have its games on the service. Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney voiced similar support to GeForce Now last week. Yeah, that's that's big too, Epic Games. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's good for NVIDIA because they needed some kind of lifeline because they were hurt. And, and, and that goes along with... Uh, Project Red saying that Cyberpunk 2077 will be on the on the GeForce now when it launches or when the game launches. Mm-hmm. So at least at least there's some traction there. Yeah, getting Cyberpunk 2077 that would be great if they got some of the Epic Game exclusives to be able to play via GeForce now. That'd be nice because you yeah. get to look at it. GeForce now can be uh, via portable through Nvidia's little I forget the name of its handheld system, but they got a little handheld system. It can be right. played through that. It can be played on Android TVs because Android TVs can support it. So it basically turns your TV into a gaming system without the need of a PC. So it's going to give those people the access to that, and it's going to give the company to be able to reach that uh, that type of community. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and uh, they were hurting, but with the addition of Ubisoft jumping on board, I mean, that's you're going to get like Assassin's Creed right there on your TV. No PC, no console. No, oh, that'd be nice. Hopefully it runs well. I mean, Assassin's Creed is a very big game. It is a very big any, game. Any Hopefully you have are. good internet. Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't <laughs> eat through it. No, I would hope oh, not. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, every time you load up the map and render everything, that's 7 gigs. Uh, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work. I, the cloud streaming thing for video games is a great idea, but all the internet companies are putting like restrictions on their... Uh, what is it like the gigs the gig usage the caps yeah yeah they're so restricting certain amounts of bandwidth being used up completely that, and yeah was, that and and like like a data cap mm-hmm. and that's a problem if you're going to be streaming video games over over the air yeah you think they'd work with the internet providers or the cell phone providers especially if you're doing it via mobile and trying to figure out a way like how can we like utilize our game and our service to where it fits within the budgets and the allowance that our consumer has to be able to stream the stuff without going over their data cap that they have for their monthly payments or their monthly service that they have at home. Right. Because like I've spoken before, I've got Stadia and I played Stadia for about an hour and it went through 20 gigs in my data. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. 20 gigs is a lot. So, yeah, because they're pumping I mean, out like full quality, super really, like super in depth graphics onto a phone over uh, there. A 1080p monitor. I mean, I was hardwired in and everything, so I only can do 1080p with the monitor that I had. But still, I mean, an hour got 20 gigs eaten up. Yeah, it's just, that's a lot. That's a lot very very quickly. So unless you have Sprint and their unlimited high speed internet, you're not looking too good. I mean, you've got. I've got T-Mobile, and it's the first 42 gigs is 5G or LTE, and then after that you get throttled down to 2G. Whew, 2G, man. That's like slower than my old chocolate, my old LG chocolates internet. Yeah. Luckily, I think the most I've ever eaten up was about 36 gigs in a month on my phone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I've never gotten that many, but still, if you're going to call it unlimited, it needs to be unlimited. That's, That's a discussion for a whole different time, though. It is. It really is. 
but yeah, uh, Ubisoft is on that lifeline. So hopefully that helps with the GeForce now, especially with its pricing and everything that's going on with it. Uh, yeah. Three major companies, especially what was that other one? Doot, 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 doot. Hinderland Games. Hinderland Games pulled out as well. Oh yes, yes, Hinderland. I can't even think of what what does Hinderland do. I saw that they pulled out, and I, I even read some of the stuff that they published, but then I forgot. Uh, I am googling this because I will find out. Uh, man, I just I just read it too. What is wrong with me? The that's, Long Dark. Yeah, that's the that's one of their newer games i think i was thinking there was something else but maybe not maybe Fire that's the watch one. probably something else so who was it that we read about pulling out of uh geforce now last week two weeks ago mm, we knew of activision and blizzard we knew of maybe maybe we just talked about activision and bethesda yeah i was thinking we, we had talked about somebody else yeah just the long dark from hinderland games oh, okay well See what can do for you. Yeah, I think the big issue with that that these you know produce producer production companies is uh, the idea that Nvidia wants you to only buy the game on one platform and be able to play it on Nvidia GeForce. So like if you buy it on well Steam or whatever, you can play it on Nvidia's GeForce, which I like the idea of, but you know that makes people that makes like video game companies lose one sale which nvidia geforce wasn't a sell for them to begin with so i don't know why it's such a big deal now but i can understand where like cd project red will take their stand because they they announced like not even last week with the project series x that's coming out they they don't think gamers should have to buy multiple copies of the same game to enjoy it on multiple consoles yeah so they're given that ability to where they can just do the enhanced version so if you buy it on xbox one x you will get enhanced and get the digital copy for the xbox series x that way it plays to its max potential right so i can see them jumping to this that way they just give people the ability to access like cyberpunk 2077 i'm all about that too all about that i like that stance Mm -hmm. because i mean really the wider audience you get the more success you're going to have in the long run, even if oh, it is just something like GeForce now. Because if you get your game out there to multiple different platforms and whatnot, and then you're just like, hey, you own it on one platform, you can play it on multiple now, that's going to make gamers so much more happier. And then I just want to know how they're going to like approach DLC, though. Like, will DLC be cross-platform, or will it be, hey, if you want to play DLC on these consoles, you'll need to buy the DLC. So that's where they're going to make their money. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some some kind of catch there. Mm-hmm. Something. I mean, and that if 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 I'm Nvidia, I might even be pushing for that. Like, hey, they get the base game if they buy it somewhere else, but they have to pay for the DLC through us or something. I don't know. Something to try to get these other developers back. You know, I don't really like the idea of that either. I wish if you just bought it one place and then you bought the DLC in one place, you still get it everywhere else. But almost like a almost like a product code that you could read. You know put on any down like video game hosting platform like steam it kind of makes me think like uh you ever played destiny yeah destiny has a companion app and in the companion app you can do like all your stuff to your guardian blah 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 right and uh, if you go into your bungie account your bungie account you can link up all your different services like xbox live psn steam stadia that way you can do cross save that way if you have a game already you can just link it up with your other systems right it'd be what I can see them trying to do is making a companion app or a companion website to where you log in, link up all your different consoles or your services. Yeah. And then from there, 
one, save data across all of them. And then if you have DLC, you put your DLC in through that website, and then it just unlocks it for all those services for you. Yeah. So if you went onto the website, typed in your DLC code, like, or just bought it through them directly and right. not a third party like Walmart, Best Buy, or whatever store, and then they just feel like, all right, well, you bought it through us, so uh, as long as your accounts are linked, it's going to be unlocked for everything. Yeah. So if you play PlayStation, it's going to be there. Steam, it'll be there. Xbox, it'll be there. Stadia, like, it will be there. Like every game you buy ha- comes with like a serial number, and that's all you got to put in. You just See, regis- be, register it. It'd be, be like you'd be like the old days when you bought a PC game and it came with a little CD key. Yep. And all you had to do is take it over to somebody else's house and download it on their computer and then type in the CD key. And uh, yeah, boom. The or good old like, days. <laughs> I know, right? That's where companies are like, oh, we're losing money, but people are playing our game. Yeah. And now, you know, all that matters is the money part. Yeah. That's all that ever matters is money. Oh, money. Oh, the root of all evil. I mean, I'm pretty sure at the very beginning of this episode, we were like, hey, money, you got to make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only just because we we have to figure out ways to keep this thing going, right? That's right. Money we're makes hypocrites. Money makes the podcast run. That is also true for the time being. Uh, yeah. Come on, uh, outside money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about anything. Where's a DoorDash or Grubhub? I'll, I'll I'll give a promo code for them. People like to eat. That's right. I like to eat. I know. Me too. <laughs> oh, man. So All speaking right, so of eating, about... <laughs> Call of Duty wants to take a piece of the Battle Royale pie. Oh, okay. That was you a see great that segue. segue. <laughs> that was like, where are we going? Whoa. Hey, look out, Fortnite and Apex Legends. 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 Apex Legends. Apex Legends, a new giant, has entered into the free-to-play Battle Royale arena. Enter Call of Duty Warzone. Today, March 10th, which is a Tuesday, so if you're listening when this actually comes out, it'll be a Tuesday, March 10th, you know, a couple days ago. Uh, (laughs) Today's Friday for you people listening (laughs) on mobile devices and web browsers via podcast services. It's funny how Unlike Blackout, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Battle Royale game mode Warzone is a standalone game that doesn't require the ownership of the previous Call of Duty games. Yeah, it has two separate game modes. It has Battle Royale and Plunder. Battle Royale is exactly what you would think. Players My brain read that as Plunger. Uh, plunger, yes. Uh, players drop into a map in squads of three and fight to the last squad standing while deadly gas shrinks the map, moving players closer together. Aww, that sounds so lovely. Plunger is this thing that you unclog a toilet with. I use it on a daily. (laughs) No, but Plunder, it's a bit different. Uh, It is a race to earn the most cash, which I know sounds ridiculous, but uh, you gain cash by looting, which I guess is like maybe robbing banks that are on the map or something. Um, So you can steal it from players that you kill. Uh, but And also there's contracts that lay around the map that give you objectives to fulfill while you're playing this like squad deathmatch battle royale style game. So hmm. I guess I guess whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. Something like that. I haven't actually got to play it yet because it's a massive download. Well, it's like 101 gigabytes. The great thing about a massive download is the most importantly, this game supports full cross-platform between PS4, Xbox One, and PC, so you can play with your friends no matter what their system is. I am so glad this is becoming a regular thing with new games. I know, it makes it so much easier, especially for console wars. I mean, you will always have console wars, but now people who are just like, no, I believe in Xbox, or no, I believe in the great Sony, they can now just come together and be like, well, just STFU and play. 
yeah, like I, I have so much more respect. I'm, I am more willing to not drop consoles altogether on the next generation because it's cross-platform. Like I'm more willing to go out and buy an Xbox Series X now because I was considering, you know, I'll just keep upgrading my PC and just forget consoles. But hey, now there's cross-platform, so I can I can buy a console and have a PC, and even some games I can just play on my phone. I don't know. I I think it's it's a big thing for me. That's a big deal. So I'm wondering, where do you think the money is going to come from for the Battle Royale? It's free. They're going to have a. It's they're going to have a Game now. Pass. Mm. The same idea that Apex Legends and Fort Legends again. Apex Legends and Fortnite. Same the same thing they're doing. You can buy skins and little things that make you look cool and stuff like that. Got uh, you. Weapon, weapon skins and stuff. So not microtransaction, but like a monthly lump sum. Right. As far as I know, there's no like game-breaking microtransactions. It's going to be like like microtransactions in the... Yes, you can buy individual things. Mm-hmm. So like if you wanted a custom weapon skin, you could go and buy it. Uh, but they're going to have like a, a monthly game pass that allows you to earn exclusive things to the game pass and stuff like that there you go well i mean that's how they're gonna get their money and then especially they're gonna be drawing away from that apex legend and fortnite group because now they're gonna be like well call of duty i loved it for the multiplayer and now i can do a battle royale why not right it's gonna gonna get a lot of their fan base to come back oh yeah and and black uh black ops which yeah black ops but call of duty isn't a stranger to the battle royale because black ops 4 had blackout but this is a, I mean, it's the same style game. It's just the way they're going about it is very what needs, like, what is working right now, which is the Fortnite, uh, the Fortnite method, I guess is what you call the it. The Fortnite genre of things. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea of being free to play, but making people pay for fancy things that make you look fancy. Yeah. Don't, don't actually Skins, affect your outfits, whatnot. Yeah. And I'm all about, I'm all about microtransactions when they don't, like, you can't pay to win. Like, if you want to pay because you want to look cool, that's fine. Do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't want you to pay to buy the best weapon in the game, and and it's one that I can't even earn. Yeah. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and as long as you're not doing that loot box crap. Like, hey, pay $5, and you have a one in one millionth chance of getting this weapon. You have a 999,999 chance to get this crappy weapon. Right, exactly. And and that's a big problem is the whole loot box thing. Mm-hmm. The gambling Old system boxes. You will not be missed. Mm-mm. Not at all. The only thing I can see that's being a downfall is this: is if everybody starts like drifting back to Call of Duty, I feel like it's going to be a lot of those high pitched gamers that are going to be screaming profanity. Oh yeah, the ones that are like, you don't even know what those words mean. You just heard them yeah. on a movie once. You just heard other people say those in the game chat. Darn it. Yeah. You don't even know what your profile picture is. I know you made it, but you used you a YouTube even... video. <laughs> yeah. You don't know who that character is. Shut up. Goodness, people. Man. Speaking of uh, people coming back and then now new things coming back, it seems that Command and Conquer is getting a remastered. Yeah, Command and, Command and Conquer is getting... Uh, it's it's a collaboration between EA and Petroglyph. Um, we're getting... Uh, it's, it's called the... I think it's called the uh, Command and Conquer Remastered Collection. Um, and it's going to include Tiberium Dawn... And Red Alert, which are like two super classic uh, RTS games, real time strategy. And one of my my favorite real time strategy game is Red Alert Two. So I'm super excited to see Red Alert coming in, and I'd love it if they remastered Red Alert Two someday. 
Ooh, it's it's going by limited run. Oh, I love yeah. some limited so, run games. Yeah, that's something that's pretty cool. I didn't even I didn't realize like I like the idea of limited run because it's like bringing it back to physical copy stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have the digital collection, which is just the two games. Uh, oh, and all three of their expansions. Um, and that's gonna be like twenty bucks. But then they're gonna have the limited run editions, which I think is so cool. There's two different ones too. Yeah, I love me they run. They they they're behind a lot of the games I like. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to pull it up. Yeah. So you can get the Command and Conquer Remaster Collector's Edition. Uh, it is fifty nine ninety nine for the physical edition. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the there's there's two physical editions. The fifty nine ninety one is called Special Edition. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And that I mean it comes with a bunch of stuff too. It's let's like see. it like it comes with both the games. Uh, I think it comes with the physical copies, which, you know, it just be for nostalgia reasons. But then it comes with digital copies as well. Um, and then with the special edition, you get uh, you get all the expansions, of course. Uh, and then you get a USB drive that is a that is a 16 gigabyte uh, Tiberium crystal. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then you get the remastered soundtrack, which has 119 songs. That's like over seven hours of music. Uh, you'll get then. yeah you'll get that you'll get a reversible poster i think it's 16 by 24 inches uh-huh. uh, i don't know what it looks like that i can't find any pictures of it uh, you'll get four factional enamel pins so that'd be for the different factions you can play as in the games uh, so you get four fat pins i was like wow, four that's not four nice. four fat people pins yep oh, no okay. factional pins oh okay <laughs> uh get, uh you get you see how my brain had the disconnect well uh, <laughs> it kind of was like wait a minute what did he say? Uh, you'll get the you'll get like these printouts that have the tech trees. So I don't know it's tech trees or RTS games. You know what I'm talking about if, if you like RTS games. Um, and you'll get a faction sticker sheet. I don't really know what 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 all is going to be on that. And then uh, uh, all that comes in a two piece um, box set that is embossed, whatever that means. Very nice. Yeah, so that's so exciting. So for you physical, for you physical collectors, there you go. Fifty nine ninety nine through limited run. Oh, okay. Command and Conquer Remastered. But that's not all. Say it's coming out in June. It's coming out June 5th, but there's also another edition. Oh my gosh, the 25th anniversary edition for $150. $150. Because with everything that was in the last one, uh, but everything comes in a different box. It's, a, it's what they call a beautiful embossed rigid box. I don't know what that means. I think uh, beautiful foil, I think is what it is. I think it's supposed to be like holographic almost. Ooh, I do um, like me some holographic Pokemon cards. I know. I, I'm probably just, I had to get it because it's holographic. No, I'm not yep. spending $150 on it. I don't have that kind of money. Mm. But I might I might seriously get the remastered edition of some sort. Um, but anyway, it, along with the special edition stuff, it comes with a six-disc set of the remastering of the original sound soundtrack signed by Frank Klepecki, uh, who is the composer for the original soundtrack and the remastered soundtrack. Um, it's also coming out with a 100-plus page art book. They say 100-plus because it's subject to change all the way up until you get it. They don't know how many, exactly how many pages it's going to be. You get patches for all the different factions. You get a reversible hmm. beanie. So, you know, get to sport some, sport some Command & Conquer uh, swag there. You get a metal mammoth tank replica, so that's pretty cool. Uh, a painted PV... I, I think this sounds really cool. A painted PVC light and sound Tesla coil and ob- uh, obelisk replicas, which, oof, man, that makes me want to buy it. This will also be a... That's also a limited run thing as well. 
yeah. by the way, it if you're like... wanting to get the limited run stuff, pre-orders end at the end of the day on April 10th, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. 59 minutes and 59 seconds. I can't remember if that was what what the timing on that was though. Like I, it may have been Eastern. It's either so, Eastern or Pacific. Oh, I think it's Eastern. For best bet, you're pre-ordering by April 9th. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Be safe. Pre-order it before April before April tenth altogether. Mm. So I, I think that's really cool. I like what they're doing here with the Command and Conquer stuff. It was a really good series of games, not just RTS games, but games in general. And I like that they're uh, that they're taking the time to remaster them. Um, it looks pretty good. They they're not only remastering the games, uh, but if you if you've played Tiberium Dawn or Red Alert, Red Alert, I I, I do remember very vividly they had live action cutscenes like so all the cinematics were actually filmed with real people and stuff and they've remastered those because they were really pixelated because it's really old games uh but they remastered those to be all smoothed out and stuff that's neat i never got into real-time strategies i think the only real-time strategy i ever played was like uh halo wars oh yeah halo wars I, dude i i never got real big into real-time strategy games but the red alert series i did i played that one a, a lot hmm. uh, you never know might later in life i might come attract it to it and then play it be like mm, this is a good time killer i will play this now yeah it's a good it's i think rts games uh at least when you're playing like against bots or whatever is a real calm kind of game that you really kind of get to think through and stuff mm-hmm. um but when you're yeah, playing like online, that goes pvp it's a that it's a yeah i feel like anxiety would take over for me i'd be like yeah. can't do it i'd just log out yeah. i don't care if i get penalized that is something they're remastering as well, or they're reintroducing as online play, online multiplayer. Oh, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Why not play with your friends and conquer their territory or camp or land? What? <laughs> oh, I thought real-time strategy based... I thought real-time strategies, you took over like the other person's area, oh, camp, or uh, land. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Sort of. Sort In of. these games, it's destroying your enemy pretty outright unless you're playing like story mode then there's the story modes have all kinds of different missions like kill a certain character or reach a certain point or you you have three characters and you can't get caught or killed at all and you have to make it to the other side of the map to the escape point stuff like that oh well well then okay then yeah it's not just build a base and then well mission wise like story mode it's not just always build a base and destroy the other base Gotcha. I'm learning as I go. Yeah. Again, it's they're fun. I really yeah. like Red Alert. Never was a person of real time strategy, so I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Oh well. Well, sounds like this is gonna be a good game. Again, get those pre orders in by April 9th, and April. you should see the game by June fifth. June fifth. Yep. They uh, the reason why they're wanting you get your orders in uh, is because of uh, partially like the art book. Uh, signature, uh, signed copies of CDs, stuff like that. They want to have exact numbers. They don't want to have any extras laying around because it is limited run, which, you know, because it's limited run games. Yeah, it is limited time. Limited time offer. That's right. Uh, You know what wasn't limited? I don't know. What was it? Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) Nintendo, president of Nintendo North America, uh, or just Nintendo of America, Reggie, uh, is now getting back into the video game industry Nintendo of America's former president is now joining the GameStop board of directors. 
The huge hmm. gaming retail company announced today that Reggie is joining the board to help the company turn around. Reggie is best known as his time is best known for his time as the president of Nintendo of America when he was the face of the company in North America. Huh. So, person who was the president of North America Nintendo stepped down, was doing motivational speaking for a while, and now he's on the board of directors for GameStop. Yeah. I like so, the, I like the I like the quote he he put on Twitter the little tweet he put out. Oh, I don't see it. Where is it? It said uh, he said the gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop. I look forward to being a part of GameStop's corporate board and making and helping to make things happen. Okay, no, he no, is no, very I right. See that? <laughs> yep. Because uh, I mean, look at all the press that GameStop's been getting for the past X amount of months. I mean, store closures, uh, product changing, membership changes. It's just it's been wishy-washy craziness ever since they took on the whole, hey, let's go from just selling video games to selling also merch and swag and plushies and these Tamagotchis and these little hatchable egg thingy mabobbers. Yeah, uh, it's just like, wh- wh- what's going on here? This it's, is turning into like a kid-friendly hot topic. I was like, is this a game store or is it a hot topic? <laughs> exactly. Kid-friendly Spencers. What's going on? There you go. That's that's a good way to put it. It's a kid-friendly Spencers. Yeah, it's like a Spencers without the back the back wall. Mm-hmm. Without <laughs> that back section that everybody likes to sneak into, like go. Ah. Yeah, everybody everybody secretly goes and looks at, but yeah, everyone, no one ever admits it. They're always like, oh no, I I never go to the back wall in Spencers. No, ever. <laughs> then again, I did work for a sex store, so I, I know people will go back there. Oh, yeah, the stories you had. Oh, yeah, they were fun. So there's also there's also some quotes from GameStop uh, and, like, high-up employees. Uh, the chief executive, uh, George Sherman, said, uh, the board refreshment and governance enhancements announced today represent an important milestone in GameStop's transformation as we continue to evolve the company's business strategy for long-term success. They're each highly qualified and bring significant relevance experience, uh, significant re- relevant experience to our turnaround. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, they're, they're obviously aiming to rethink how they're doing business. Because they can't survive off of used games for very much longer the way digital games are rising, which kind of sucks. That is true. But so here was my outtake. I went to GameStop the other day to put down a pre-order for something that's coming out later in life. Yeah. And I was like, tell me, why do you think the company decided to completely alter the PowerUp Pro membership? It's a 15 to $20 membership for a whole year. And right. what it used to give me was 10% off of pre-owned games. That's right. a good deal. I mean, okay. They took away that 10% discount. You don't know, you no longer get it, but now, now you get a $5 coupon to use on anything in the store once a month. So uh-huh. instead of saving that 10%, you're now getting basically $60 in rewards to use, but you can only use increments of five for a month. Wow. I'm just like, that, that makes no sense to me. It does, because now you're just looking at a company who's giving out $5 off of anything that can be new games where they are losing most of their money right they get most of their money off of pre-owns because if you have to look at it uh what's a game that just came out uh i can't think okay let's say animal (laughs) crossing is out someone buys animal crossing they pay the 65 dollars tax and all for it and now they play it about three weeks later like hey i want to trade this in they're going to get roughly about 20 dollars for that 65 dollar game yeah then GameStop is going to turn around and sell it for fifty four ninety nine. Right. 
So ten yeah, percent off of that would have dropped it down to fifty bucks. That they yeah. still would have made a thirty dollar profit off that game if they still gave the people a ten percent discount. Yeah. But instead, oh, exactly now the, right. the customer is now just going to be getting five dollars off. They can put that five dollars off towards a new game where the company could end up buying a new game, which is retailed for fifty nine ninety nine. They probably paid forty seven dollars for that. So they're already looking at a $12 profit. If someone uses that $5 coupon, well, that $12 just dropped down to $7. Now you're making a $7 profit off of that one game compared to just making a $30 profit off of a pre-owned game, especially if you gave them that 10% discount. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And that's, they don't, I don't think they were looking that far or that much into it when they made that decision. They were looking at, oh, well, we're, we're giving up 10% of every purchase. Well, I guarantee most of it's used on used games. Because, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's the only way it'd work. Right. So you couldn't take 10% off a new game. You take 10% off, 10% off the used game. And like you said, it's 30 bucks profit. You're making the profit back like that you're that you're saving the customer. It's a it's a catch-22. But now they've just shot themselves in the foot where instead of making a $30 profit, they're making a $7 profit. Exactly. But they didn't so, think about that. They thought about losing 10% on all used purchases. That's the only thing they thought about. And it makes no sense to me because I'd much rather buy a pre-owned game because, one, I'm a consumer. I'm going to end up saving that money. And it just – why would I want to put the $5 towards something new when I'm just like, well, I can get the used for already $5 less, so here's $5 off of that. So, yeah, I can knock $5 off of a pre-owned game instead of that 10%, but still, you're looking at less money made. Right. And, and so if I'm looking at it and – and if I'm looking at it a different way, I'm probably going to spend – the $55 in the new game with the $5 off, just to be completely honest, because I'd rather have the new game over the used game. But if you're only giving me the $5 off on the used game, well, I'll buy the used game because then I'm getting $5 off. It's going to be $10 cheaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't feel like it was a smart decision for them to switch that little ordeal. And hopefully with uh, Reggie in the play of something, they put in a new increment because what was it? Take... Best Buy, for an example, they had Gamers Club Unlocked. You paid X amount of dollars for a two-year membership, and it yeah. gave you 28% off of brand new games. Therefore, like a brand new game would still be cheaper than a GameStop pre-owned edition of a new game that just came. But then that's where the company is losing so much money. But GameStop's a big box retailer. They make it up in the back end for other things. Right, exactly. But GameStop, again, I don't understand why take that away from the customer because now basically... You're giving them $60 a year. They're paying $15 for the membership. That's already... So they're basically paying $45 for the membership. It's just... It looks like they're losing more money than anything right now. Right. And yeah, it looks bad on GameStop. Like it looks like they're trying to... Or or it looks like they don't care about the customer. looks like the only thing they care about is bottom line. Which, I mean, you have to care about your bottom line. But absolutely, without the customer, there is no bottom line. And again, most retailers don't look at it like that. They just look at it like, how can I? What can we do to make the best profit margin? What can we do to stay above float? Because yep. I mean, take a look at it. When the new console generation, like PS4, Xbox One, came out, GameStop stocks were fifty-six dollars a share. Yeah. Like as of today, they're three dollars and seventy cents. Not good. Not one bit. And I'm not buying in, even with the the head of Nintendo coming in. Not the head of Nintendo, but the head of Nintendo North America. Yes. Like um, until until you see some kind of vast improvement, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna look into that. No, 
Uh, I mean, I'm going to pay attention to the Twitter feed. I'm going to pay attention to the news feeds, Google, all that fun stuff, see what's going to happen with it. I will keep my ear to the ground. I've got friends that work at GameStops. Yeah. So I'm just going to be like, what do you know on your side? And yep. we'll see inside. how it goes. I mean, I'm <clears> hoping that with trading. Reggie. Not legal. <laughs> I'm hoping the way with Reggie being there, it turns out to be a lot more profitable for a company and profitable for a consumer. Yeah. I, I kind of I mean, hope. I mean, I hope GameStop survives because I have some really good memories of waiting outside GameStop for new games and and my like my cousin working there and and just going there and hanging out for a while, playing the games inside there and seeing what you like. Just spending like two hours in there looking at the back of all the boxes. Like I don't want that to go away because I would I I'd go there tomorrow and look at the back of all the boxes again. I mean, I I enjoy yeah. doing that. Yeah. I mean, I go from time to time just to talk to the people that work there. I got good friends that yeah. work there, so I'm like, I'm here just to talk to y'all. I'm really not here to buy anything, but if I have to, I will pre-order something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I like having physical copies, so. You know what they could get into? If they could a lot somehow, of different things, but what do you think? If they could somehow work out a deal with game manufacturers to allow people to pre-order the game, like a digital copy, through GameStop in-store... Uh, and then GameStop give like a bonus to entice people to do that. Like, hey, you go ahead and pre-order the game in store, digital copy, so you can take the you can take that card home, go ahead and put it on your console, so it'll be ready to download when when it goes live, or it can be pre-downloaded. You're ready to play it when it, you know when midnight hits. Uh, but we're also going to give you like fifteen dollars off this guidebook, which they already do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that way you're pre-ordering the digital copy that'll be ready for you to go, and now you have a guidebook for way less. I mean, you might get people to show up in stores pre-ordering games again. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they do allow, I found this out the hard way, they do allow pre-orders for some digital games. It has to be a triple-A game, though. Right, uh, okay. So, like, I pre-ordered Animal Crossing through GameStop. I got my code through GameStop, and that's how I went ahead, put it on my Switch. Boom, it's already yeah. there. It's ready there you to go. go. Uh, all that through GameStop, but that was Animal Crossing. This is a triple A game. It's a Nintendo exclusive. People yeah. are ranting and raving and going bat crap crazy over it. Bat crap crazy. Can, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it PG. <laughs> One swear word, I promise, and I already used it. Yep. Um, yep. You, you hit your uh you hit your target. I hit my quota. I hit my quota. Yeah. But take another game that I'm trying to get for like Friday. Friday, another game of mine comes out and it's uh My Hero Academia Heroes Justice Two. And you can't get it digital at GameStop on pre-order. You can only get physical. Well, how about that? So, it's AAA games that are taking more of effect for when it comes to pre-ordering digitals right now. But if they get the ability to start pre-ordering other games that are not AAA that are digital, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then, like, hey, if you come in on release date or at the midnight launch that we might have, you get X amount off a strategy guide, or you can pick a pre-order bonus, all that fun stuff. So that's going to get the customer to come back. Yeah, you pre-order Animal Crossing, you get a free Amiibo. You know, something. Something if to bring not, you to the store and buy You can go buy stuff. Animal Crossing Amiibos right now at Five at Below. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Five at Below has all the Amiibos for Animal Crossing. Well, how about that? See, I don't know. Right. I just think I just think if they can bring customers in and spend some money on a high-profit margin item, like maybe like a strategy book that costs like 4 bucks for them and they're selling it for 30 bucks, giving 10 bucks off, $15 profit right there. I mean, goodness, you're making all your profit. You're making more profit right there than you were selling a new game anyway. Exactly. And you're and you're doing it all over again. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. I think the I think it's I think the potential is there. They just got to figure out how to implement it. Yep. So hopefully it's something that Reggie can do when he takes in his steps for being the new 
Board of Directors. But only time will tell for that one. I hear keys clacking. Yeah, I'm answering. Uh, yeah, okay, so Patrick in chat said, GameStop is also losing a huge amount because 99% of PC games don't come out on disc discs anymore, and the PC has the most users. And that's why I think digital pre-orders with the idea of giving some kind of enticing reason to pre-order from GameStop, you could do it for PCs just as well as you could do it for consoles. Go ahead and give them a Steam, a Steam code for it. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at it right now, people are buying most of their PC games from Steam, from GOG, yeah. uh, Epic Game Store, uh, the other on like the other PC companion stores that publishers and producers use. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think Activision and Blizzard has their own now. Ubisoft has their own. EA has their own. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it gets GameStop for you. Hopefully. Hopefully with the changes, something better happens and hopefully we can get back to the way it used to be. Because, I mean, who didn't love going out at 11 o'clock at night and chilling at GameStop until probably like 12, 10, just to pick up a copy of a game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Here, right here, uh, there's a quote on this article from VentureBeat that says, GameStop is struggling as more people turn to digital purchases, of course, or free-to-play live service games, which I didn't think about. It says, this has fewer customers returning to GameStop to browse its selection of new and used games. This has put a company in a crisis. You know what? I uh, I didn't even think about like the free-to-play games, like this, like Call of Duty Warzone is coming out. Uh, GameStop, you're the biggest video game retail, like brick-and-mortar store in the United States. You have the power to make deals saying, hey, exclusive Fortnite skins, exclusive Apex Legends skins, ex- exclusive Call of Duty skins, but you have to come and buy them in-store. And you have to buy the digital code, and we'll give you this free skin. I mean, goodness, easy stuff. And people people pay for that stuff. Like especially like kids with Fortnite skins, they'll go and buy they'll they'll go and buy the game again just to get the Fortnite skin. Oh, absolutely. They'll because run that up mommy and daddy's cool. credit card. Yeah, I mean, come on, GameStop, get with the program. You GameStop have the closed as many as 200 stores before the end of 2019, following another quarter of sharply declining sales and a four point a 415 point three million dollar loss. A lot of money. It is the things well, I could do with 415 point three million dollars. Maybe uh maybe uh Reggie can get it get it going again. Well, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Well, I think that wraps it up for the news. I think we covered everything we could for this week. I mean, news I has so. been very light for these weeks, but again, with this coronavirus and everything going on, it's just causing delays, causing cancellations. Oh, uh, I mean, just about well, every. You might, as well, you, might as well, you might as well go ahead and announce the tentative tweet you saw. Oh, yeah. yeah. As soon as we started, uh, there was a tweet going out saying, go ahead and cancel your plane tickets and hotels for E3, y'all. Uh, it's coming very soon that they're not going to be holding E3 more than likely because of Corona. I'm, I'm going to Twitter right now to see if there's anything more about that. You let me know. Let's see. Nope, that's coronavirus stuff. Um, E3 canceled. Let's let's take a look. I know someone uh, posted earlier. If E3, uh, according to Ars Technica, which is a pretty big news news source, E3 2020 has been canceled. Oh, I'm about to just go. I'm going straight to this news article. We're going to take a look at it because this is big news right here. Breaking news. As we're recording, Ars Technica puts out an article saying that e- E3 2020 is canceled. And I just saw one from CNET as well. Um, multiple sources familiar with the uh, Electronic Software Association plans have confirmed to Ars Technica that the organization which is responsible for the annual Electronic Expo 
Atlantic Electronic Entertainment Expo will soon cancel the three-day expo. Like in prior years, E3 2020 was scheduled to play out in early June as a three-day event in Los Angeles. Shortly after we received the tip, indie game developer Indie game publisher Devolver Digital posted a brief, ominous message on Twitter. Cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all. There you go. That's the one you saw. Mm-hmm. The ESA has not made any announcements about E3 2020 at the time, uh, but one source who spoke to ours on background said that they heard the news from E3 2020's cancellation directly from ESA members. Uh, there was supposed to be... It uh, looks like... Uh, an official public statement on the matter was supposed to be today, uh, but it slipped out. So they're probably going to come out with a much more official announcement later, probably tomorrow or before the weekend, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. Something to get people all riled up for the weekend. Man, that sucks, dude. I was looking forward to E3. I mean, again, we talked about E3 before. It's just, it's nothing but just, it, it focuses to the press. It doesn't focus to the consumer right now. It does. They're more does. they're more focused on getting the press in there to like, hey, talk about our stuff. Talk about us. Let us like be the one thing you tweet or blog about the most. It's true. That way you can get our product out there. Like, no, make it to where the customer, the consumer, the people who are going to pay for it. I mean, yes, the, the people who are giving you the press for it, they're going to pay for it. But about six times out of ten, you're going to give them a code. Yeah. Yep. I dude, okay, so I know it's I know it's not geared towards, you know, consumers, but I was I always just have this I just always kind of look forward to it. Even when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is not what I was wanting. It's not it, it's obviously geared towards media, but still. I always I always watch it in, in hopes of being impressed. But dang it, we're not gonna get to do it this year. I wonder oh. if they're gonna do some kind of digital announcements. Like Xbox might go, Hey, this is what we were gonna play at E three. Here's our video and stuff like that. I don't I mean, know. Again, we'll see. It, it falls back into that whole discussion we had last week about how like the different types of conferences can just do it virtually. Oh, yeah. That's true. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, well, you want to uh, jump into the double XP question of the week? Yeah, the question of the week. So here at Double XP Podcast, we stand for double experience. And our double experience question is basically a question that we, the host, whoever's here this week, is going to ask you, the listener. Uh, you can tweet at us, you can email us, you can uh, leave a comment on any of the podcast services. Uh, whatever way you can get a hold of us, let us know, and you can answer the question that way. Yeah, uh, if, you if, you're, win. if you're here on Twitch live, go ahead and put your answer in as well, and we'll uh, if, if, if you know there's not too many of them, we'll get to them, and we'll see what you're saying. Yeah. But uh, you win absolutely nothing. You nope. will level up, though. We yep. do not keep track of your level ups, though, nope. so do not <laughs> ask us. Uh, maybe someday. And, maybe, maybe that's something we could implement in the future. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you can level up via our Discord. If you join us via Discord, uh, you can level you. up by talking on there. That's right. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Join our Discord, because we have a section in there for the double XP question of the week. You can yes, put your answer do. in there. Yes, we do. But the question I could think of for this week is, what is your video game genre of choice? Uh, it was just something that came to me because I literally looked down at my video game collection. And I was like, wow, this has really turned into a collection of blank. And I was just like, ooh, that'd be a good question to ask. So, uh, Patrick, we'll start off with you. What's your video game genre of choice and why? Oh, dude, that's so hard. Um, is it? Yeah, it's because it's changed so much as, as I've gotten older. Like it used to be like when I was a kid, it was like racing games and sports games because I loved Mario Kart and I loved like Madden games. 
And then as I got older, it went into like FIFA games and like Forza Horizon games and stuff like that. But then I got into like first person story games. So, you know, Star Fox Adventures, which is probably my favorite game ever. Um, that single player story driven game. But I think my overall favorite genre uh, that I enjoy the most is the open world RPGs. And, and it can be MMOs. Those are good, too. But like Skyrim mm. is like almost the perfect example of like what I put as my favorite kind of game. The Witcher is another good one. KOTOR 1 and 2 are like classic versions of that. Even though I think the open worldness of Skyrim would be like if if KOTOR 1 and 2 had a bit more open worldness, even though it was really hard to do back in the day, but a bit more open worldness, then those would be like the perfect games because they're Star Wars. But <laughs> they're already like in my top five. But gotcha. Skyrim is like... Even though, like I said, Star Fox Adventures is probably my favorite game ever, but Skyrim is like my definition of the perfect game. As close as we've gotten so far, anyway. Yeah, The Witcher 3 and Skyrim are about the same style, but one's more complex than the other. Uh, yeah. I mean, Witcher 3, it's appealing to me. I really want to get it for the Switch, like, super bad. I had it for the PS4, but I literally never touched it. And I was like, well, it's because I'm never home. The only... And I was like... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I could take it on the Switch. That way I can actually finally play it. And now they got the ability to where you can cross-save with it, so you can pick up and leave where you left off via Switch to PC. So if I got it for my brother, he could pick up, play for me a little bit, tell me what he did, and then I can just pick up where I'm at when I get back on. Exactly. So I think with The Witcher versus Skyrim, The Witcher's story is better. Like, it's got a really, really good story. Oh, yes, Um, it does. I mean, it has a Netflix spinoff, for crying out loud. Yes, but I think I like the combat, the combat system better in Skyrim. Like, Iron Age all the way. Yeah, I, I like like when you're playing The Witcher. To me, when it, whenever I watch people play it, it just seems like it's a little far. And I know you could probably zoom in, but I feel like when I'm playing Skyrim that I am the character. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting behind him, or I can I can be doing that, but I usually play first person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I am the character partially because I created him and named him or her, but mm-hmm. I don't know the wit, the witchers. I, I do like the witchers, uh, like realistic or sometimes over the top combat, like bloodiness, like the gore in it. Like, I think that's cool. Like add that into Skyrim with the story, like the story elements of the witcher, but the open world non ending game of Skyrim. I don't know if you mold those two together, we're talking like maybe the greatest game that's ever that's ever been, that's ever happened. I know, basically like building your own Witcher from the ground up and having the combat powers of Skyrim oh. and the traits of Skyrim, but the story of the Witcher. I okay, mean, I see a good game right there. I, I thought of my favorite game, or not my favorite game, but the the perfect game. Perfect game. It's, you take Skyrim, okay, and you take like the open worldness of all that stuff, the way the combat works. You take yeah. The Witcher, you take the bloodiness of the combat and the story elements of it. All right. Put it into a big pot. Yep. And then you take the book, the book series of Aragon, and you throw it in there. And now you're a dragon rider. Yeah. And you throw all that together and come out with this Aragon style world with a Skyrim open worldness combat system with, uh, the elements of the Witcher's story and bloodiness to it, 
and we have the perfect game. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a phenomenal open world. Or it could be Star game. Wars and sci-fi, oh, sci-fi fantasy, true. which was that's, that's, that's totally different, but still. I just want to see a good Aragon game. <laughs> you didn't like the first one. No, the Aragon movie was terrible, and the Aragon game wasn't a whole lot better. Exactly. You didn't like the first Aragon game? I mean, the game, for what it was, I mean, I guess it was okay. It had to follow that movie, so that didn't help it at all. But no. the movie was awful, so with a load yes, of yes, customizable options, said Patrick, I agree. Super mm-hmm. customizable. Like, give me more customization than I know what to do with. Pretty please. Okay, so I answered it. What is your favorite genre of video? Your your video game genre of choice. Okay, so mine has changed over the years. Uh, when I first got into video gaming, it was 3D platformers uh, that followed just a very linear story. And that would be like Sly Cooper, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Psychonaut. Like, it just followed a story, but you could still do things. Uh, I know with Psychonauts, it had more of an open feeling, because you could still do, like, random things while you were still trying to figure out what was going on and all the fun stuff throughout the game. Psycho, I mean, Ratchet and Clank's like Cooper. They were very linear. You got through the story. Uh, Ratchet and Clank had replay value. So once you beat the game, you could replay it. And then from there, you basically start all over. You have all your same stuff, but it actually gets to upgrade even further now. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, oh, okay, I love this style. And then I was introduced to Just Cause. If you've ever played Just Cause, it's a open world sandbox game. And the like one of the neatest things was like you had unlimited parachutes. So hijack a plane or a helicopter, go up as <laughs> high as possible, and then just drift down. And yep. then Just Cause 2 introduced more mechanics. Just Cause 3 introduced a gliding suit uh, and grappling hooks. Just Cause 4 just threw it all out there to you. So I became a real big fan of sandboxes. So like if it had open worldy, I wanted it. But then a game came to me and it became like the gaming existence and that was Bioshock. Hold on. Say that that again. It kind of cut out a little bit. It became the pinnacle of existence and that is the Bioshock series. Oh, yes. That series was absolutely phenomenal. I fell in love with it. I was completely terrified to play it when I was watching YouTube videos of it. I was like, I'm going to buy this game and I'm going to play it. Went to GameStop, picked it up, and I was like, I freaking love this game. Because, I mean, it is it is very story-driven. It right. has a phenomenal story. Uh, the first one, you just get introduced to these weapons. You're in this time zone. You're in this, like time error you're in an underwater city i'm just like i love the way this plays you can go through with the story you can backtrack and do things uh and then i I just don't know how to explain it it was just the game for me and i just love the ability that you had powers so like snap my fingers boom you catch on fire throw my wrist at you boom you're electrocuted they brought in the mechanics so like if someone was standing in water and you electrocuted the water they electrocute it and you got an achievement for that called uh open water toaster or something like that (laughs) i was like yes that's what i'm talking about yeah but i could say today my go-to genre because i've switched up so much my go-to genre today is metroidvania style games like i do not know what my addiction is with those but i absolutely love them if you tell me there's a metroidvania game i have not played i will go buy it because they i love them you just start off your week and then from there you're exploring you're getting powerful or you're backtracking so much you're going through one area and you're like, I can't, I can't jump to this ledge. Why not? 
about six hours later, you get the ability to double jump, and then you go back to that one area you were at six hours ago, so you can actually double jump and get up there. Yeah. It, it's just phenomenal. And then you can beat a Metroidvania game, but it's truly not the end of it. You can right. go back, like, right before the last boss fight you had, you can collect whatever you got from that boss. So, like, if you beat the boss, the game done, its credits go through, you can go back and be like, well, let me start back where I just was. And it's like, hey, you haven't beaten this boss yet, but here's what you get for beating him because you beat him before you restarted your game. And now you can go beat, like, the real boss because there's, like, a hidden boss somewhere in the world that you have to figure out how to get to. So it makes you think, it makes you go back, and it makes you try to remember, like, what did I do and what do I need to go do now that I have this ability? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, those are fun style games. They are. They take up a lot of my time. I think I'm playing like eight of them right now. I'm just switching back and forth between. I'm just like, all right, I died. I'm going to go <laughs> play this one for a little bit so I don't get angry. Oh, yeah. The right way. Yeah. I don't stick to one game and try to beat it. I just play eight at the same time and then just keep moving on. Yeah, might as well. Exactly. But yeah, that's Man, my that's... genre of choice. Yeah, and that, I mean, that is the double experience question of the week. So, guys, if you're if you're listening... Uh, and you have it and you want to answer it we got twitter we got email we got discord we even have a facebook and actually there's an instagram going so uh, yeah I, we we kind of remembered we had that today yeah we totally totally forgot and i was just scrolling through instagram and i was like oh yeah we have an instagram and so then I, he posted something and i was like oh yeah we have an instagram <laughs> Patrick. oh yeah that was uh that was an interesting moment today it was so uh so you can also find us on instagram now woo yeah there we're i'm gonna try to keep us up to date and and as is uh mike we're gonna try to keep our social media up to date so yeah so be looking for us there and hit us up with that answer to the double experience question of the week and if we really like your answer or you know if we have only like one <laughs> we'll, we'll read it next it week out. yeah we'll shout it out on the podcast yeah totally uh so another great thing is the description for every episode that we post from here on out on all podcast platforms across the globe uh, will have our Twitter handles in it. It will have our email address in it. So if you want to contact us via email and it will also have a link to join us via Discord. We'd love to yeah. get to know our listeners. We'd love to chat with you on day to day basis. Uh, I have a lot of free time while I'm at work, so I can chat a lot. But other than that, like, like once I'm off work, I kind of turn my phones off and become disconnected. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I, and I'll I'll try to be in there as well. So, uh, we just got to get Jovan in in there. Mm-hmm. He's been here pretty regularly, so he has been. Right now, he's playing Call of Duty. Ah, he made it home or something. That's he was out doing something, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Uh, he no, he's Jerry duty Monday, Tuesday, and then yeah, work today. Now he's going home, and then. Tomorrow, he's actually flying to Memphis, and me and him are getting together to go do some work stuff. Yeah, that's fine. I don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> so go play the Call of Duty before you have to fly out, and you can't play it no more. Yeah, that's his favorite game of all time. So it really is. His favorite, his favorite genre is uh, first-person shooters. There you go. Uh, I feel like that's Jake's too. So just to give a shout out to Jake, he's not here. He's taking yep. care of his son tonight. Uh, he's a destiny whore. Yep, he's a. Is would that be considered first person or third person? Uh, depending on the play style, I guess. Yep, I, get, I you feel can switch like, it. I think. I I think he's gonna be first person because he does a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, probably so. Then there you go. Yep. FPS is all the way. There you go. 
and go. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us via however the heck you're listening to us, <laughs> especially if it's off of Twitch. I mean, for you people watching us on Twitch, hey, just give it the thumbs up or stay in here with us so we can get to that affiliation status. Yeah, Other click that, that little heart button. Yeah, let us know. Like, tell it, hey, when I get back online, let me know because apparently the times keep changing because someone travels a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> feedback is always welcome I mean we can't get any better if you don't tell us what we're screwing up or how we're screwing it up uh, other than that we're going to continue doing what we do Yep. Uh, if you have anything you want to say you can always email us at thedxpodcast at gmail.com uh, when we were trying to make the gmail it was a lot of things were taken so I had to go with thedxpodcast at gmail.com yep. that is T-H-E-D-X-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com that's right. You can send us an email. We check it periodically. It's attached to my personal computer, so if something comes through, I get a ding. Um, yeah. But other than that, real easy to get a hold of me. I am now on Twitter as Bio Mosley. That's B-I-O-M-O-S-L-E-Y. You can find Patrick at... Bloodthringa, which is B-L-O-D-H-T-H-R-I-N-G-A. And you can find that on Twitter, Instagram, and all your other fun places. Twitch, YouTube, yeah, all that stuff. Very fun, very fun, very informative. Uh... Other than that, I think that's all we got tonight. So we want to thank you all for swinging by and giving us a listen. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a good one. All right. We'll see y'all. And we're done. Sweet. Sweet.